to episode two of the podcast. I'm sorry if you're listening with headphones because I definitely screamed in your ear. All right. So we got some complaints last time. Let's go over them. I'm sorry if I sniffle too much. Damn. Sorry about not actually ending the last podcast. It was really late. I'm going to tell you guys that it's 9 p.m. right now. We record for about an hour and a half and then we have to edit. And so last week we ended up starting to edit at midnight so it was kind of crazy but you'll get a you'll get any this time so don't worry also justin i didn't tell you this and i waited to tell you so i can say it on the podcast if you're listening on headphones and you only have one headphone in you only hear one half of the conversation really (laughs) (laughs) and that's definitely my fault because i don't know how this program works but i'm trying my best so we're gonna figure it out soon i promise we're just we're just people trying to figure out what to do like you guys okay i was actually really grateful because um professor conforti actually sent me an email with like other podcasters who like have trouble like during the pandemic because i do everything from home so i didn't feel as inept as i do right now recording this podcast with you know left right Oh, there I go. <laughs> you want to get into it? Let's get into it. So, right. so today we're going to be talking about the impeachment of Donald J. Trump. Not the first one, though. The second one. It's going to be a heavy podcast, guys. So put your thinking caps on because we about to learn a lot today. Yep. When the impeachment first started, I initially didn't like actually watch watch it or like really pay attention to the news while it was happening because like i i didn't think anything would actually be done so i pretty much just caught up on it afterwards which is kind of going to help us now oh i i intentionally ignored the um impeachment because i knew we were going to do this episode really yeah um in case you guys want to watch the entire impeachment trial, don't. It is literally like 120 hours of straight arguments. And it was really entertaining if you want to learn about it and like get into depth. But if you don't, just listen to the podcast because we're going to run through it all. Yeah. And if you guys are ever like watching something like political and you get bored, like don't feel bad or think you're like stupid because like I love politics. And even, like, I'll watch some stuff and just, like, this is the most boring thing on earth. All right. So, let's just go ahead and jump in. We're going to start with some Q&As. I asked Gen Z themselves about some of their questions on impeachment. So, we're just going to run through some questions. Do you want to go back and forth? Sure. Okay. So, I'll start. So, what are the questions? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm working so hard not to sniffle. Okay. So, the first question we got was, what is impeachment? Which is pretty important if you're going to be listening to this podcast. So, impeachment is a charge of misconduct made against the holder of public office. So, essentially, if you commit a crime, you'll have to go to trial. But because you're a public officer, you can't. Or, I mean, I don't actually know. Can you, like, just go to regular court? Or does it have to be an impeachment? I feel like... I don't actually know. I feel like if it's, like, federal office, it definitely has to be, like, some sort of impeachment. But, like, I f- like on, like, lower state levels, I, s- I don't see why it wouldn't kind of just go to regular court. 
I think it's dependent on the crime committed. Like, if it's about politics, then you'll probably be impeached yeah. or more than likely be impeached. But if it's not about politics, like if you ran a red light and whatever, you'll probably just go to regular court. Yeah. It's also important to note that impeachment does not equal, like, removal from the office. Impeachment is just, like, you. they've decided to charge you with whatever crime you've committed Yes, I, I saw it a lot when people, when Trump was first getting impeached, people just thought, yay, like he's getting removed. Yeah. But that's definitely not what impeachment is. Impeachment is just a trial. Or like on the flip side, like I've met people who still don't think Trump has been impeached once because he served his full presidency, even though it's happened twice. Yeah. All right. The second question we got is, why do they have a day for uh, impeachment? And impeachment doesn't occur on a specific day. It's just, uh, like, as soon as they possibly can, like, from the time that the articles of impeachment are brought forth is whenever the impeachment will happen. So it's not, like, election day, which is usually held, like, on November 4th, like, around there. Impeachment day can happen any time of the year. And it's not just one day. It's a course of days to do a trial, essentially. Okay, our next question was how did it start and it was put into the constitution as a balance of power so that it's used if an elected official commits a a high crimes or misdemeanors which is the exact terms in the constitution and i'm just gonna go into the next question sorry justin (laughs) It's, it's real short they asked is it important and yes it's important i mean i wouldn't want an elected official to be a criminal so yeah i think it's important but i feel like i feel like donald trump being impeached twice and still facing no like repercussions from it it kind of like gives a sense that it's losing it's important yeah like let's like a filibuster how like a filibuster used to be a big deal but now all you have to do is like threaten to filibuster a bill and that's like enough yeah to that's kill it. they yeah. killed the bill all right next question after that why are there uh two um there aren't usually two there, there's only been four impeachments in the history of the United States, and two of those were Donald Trump, and the other two were, I believe, Andrew Jackson and Ronald Reagan, right? No, Richard Clinton. Nixon? What? Clinton. Oh, yeah, duh. And I'm sure um, the other one was, was Nixon, but they didn't actually impeach because yeah, he resigned. He, yeah, before that. So I think, oh, yeah, it was, was it, it had to be uh, Andrew Jackson and yeah. Bill Clinton, then, yeah. Uh, you want me to just go on to the next one? Um, yeah, you can go ahead. And where does it take place? It takes place in the Capitol building, which is the same building that was stormed while they were trying to certify uh, Biden's win. When I was watching the trial, they like played videos of what was going on, and it was just so scary. Like my PTSD kept creeping up. Yeah, and it's really crazy because the people. <laughs> there during the impeachment were also the same people that were like in the building while it was being stormed by rioters so you think they'd be like more upset and angry about like what happened but like it's still crazy to see how far like biases will go yeah um my initial let's just talk about initial thoughts before we get into it um when i first heard 
the articles of impeachment. I was like, okay, they can they can do something with that. Um, but as I was watching, I quickly realized that the way they wrote it um, was really dependent on how the events occurred and like yeah. how they got to their result, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But let's do the rundown of the impeachment hearing. I want to tell you who is who, what is what, in more layman's terms. So essentially, there's a judge there's a prosecutor, there's the defense, and there's a jury. So the judge, quote-unquote judge, which is the person who's presiding, was Senator Leahy, which is a Democrat from Vermont. And then the prosecutors are called house managers. So in the duration, I'll probably call them prosecutors or house managers, but it's the same thing. And then that was led by Jamie Raskin, which is a Democrat from Maryland. MD is Maryland. Yeah. And then the defense is Trump's lawyers, who was led by David. I'm sorry if I'm going to butcher your name. Scohan? Scott? Shone. Shone? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> and then the jury essentially is the members of Senate, which includes 48 Democrats, 50 Republicans, and two independents. All right. So do you want to get into why we should, why impeachment is like necessary? Um,. What are your What are your thoughts about impeachment? Like, how do you feel about it? I well, let's just be honest here. And me and Justin, we're we're just gonna tell you we're Democrats. Yeah. Um, but I'm a more conservative Democrat than Justin is, so we might differ on opinions on this. But I'm gonna go ahead and give y'all my opinion. I think that a result of them continuously threatening Trump with impeachment made impeachment like not as big of a deal as it is. Yeah. Okay, I, so you agree? I feel the same exactly. Okay. Like I feel like impeachment it's just it's turned into like a show. Yeah. Especially considering the fact that like impeachment is just it's just deciding like whether or not you're you're going to like think about removing him from office so like they make too big they make too big of a deal out of it in the first place do you think so i honestly do okay because like no president that's that has ever been impeached has been removed so it's like it seems like a slap on the wrist especially if a president could get impeached twice in a four-year term yeah okay i see where you're coming from um i definitely don't think that this congress which is a lot of the members that impeached Clinton are using impeachment correctly. I think that before it was definitely used for like high crimes and more important things. But now it's like, well, if you're not being a correct politician, then we're going to impeach you. Also, like it's like, it's crazy to look at the difference between why Bill Clinton got impeached and why Donald Trump got impeached. Like, Bill Clinton got impeached because he was doing things in the Oval Office that he should not have been doing. I think his exact impeachment articles were lying under oath. Because um, I'm pretty sure you can't sue a president while he's in office, um, like, criminally. But there were some civil charges against him, which I think... Most of you might know. If not, I'll just run down through it really quickly. Um, 
Monica Lewinsky sued President Clinton for sexual misconduct. And due to that trial, the apparent, supposedly, allegedly, he lied under oath, which was the impeachable offense to that Congress. Yeah. Do you know... uh... Do you know how close, like, did he come close to getting removed or, like, was it, like, a landslide in one way? I don't know exactly, but I know that his numbers of approval went up afterwards. Yeah. So, it had the opposite effect that was intended in the impeachment. That's actually a weird thing that tends to happen a lot. Didn't Trump's numbers also go up after his first impeachment? I think slightly, but not anything crazy. Yeah. Also, I feel like something important is, like, definitely how they word the impeachment process. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get into it a little bit later because the way they worded the articles of impeachment was the reason that they couldn't commit to the If there's one thing I've learned being a political science student in college, it's that when it comes to American politics, wording is everything. It's the most important yeah. thing. If there is even the slightest gap for interpretation, then people will interpret. And your body language, which if I ever want to be a politician, it's going to be real rough for me. <laughs> okay, so why the impeachment, the second impeachment even happened was a number of things. And I'm going to go down the list if you want to go back and forth again. All right, sure. Okay. So the first thing was incitement of violence in the United States on January 6th, which was the biggest thing. And uh, next thing is repeatedly spreading false statements that the election uh, was fraudulent and that it should not be accepted by the American people, which is also a pretty big deal when you think about it, when it's coming from the president. Yeah, and not to jump ahead, but... I'm going to give you guys a little sneak preview. The Trump's defense was free speech. Um, We're going to get into it a little bit, but do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it's obvious that that doesn't apply here. Like, there are places where free speech doesn't apply, like how you can't yell fire in a movie theater. Or, like, you can't walk into a school and say, hey, I have loaded guns. Yeah, okay. We're on the same page here. I'm glad. (laughs) I thought we would argue a little more, but we're not. Okay. (laughs) Um, so in addition to that, I'm just going to tell you what the exact quote was. Um, if you don't fight like hell, you won't have a country anymore, which was what they used in the articles of impeachment as the, uh, quote for incitement of violence. And then due to that quote that I just said, people in the audience at the Trump rally, breached, vandalized, and menaced people in the Capitol, inc- and including some deaths that occurred. I think yeah. there was a total of seven. And one was a police officer, I believe. Yeah. And then uh, next, uh, on January 2nd, uh, Donald Trump urged uh, Georgia, the state of Georgia, to find enough votes for him to win, which is, which is like, essentially... I feel like that's kind of, like, all you need right there. Like, for a sitting president to just say, I don't, like, I don't care. Just, like, get enough votes, no matter what it takes. Make enough. (laughs) Okay, and then I'm just going to run through the last three, Justin. I'm sorry. 
Um, he threatened democracy and the peaceful transfer of power, betrayed the trust of the people, and remains a threat to the Constitution, America, and democracy. So those are essentially everything that they put in the Articles of Impeachment uh, to impeach. So that was sent to the Senate. The House sent all that information in a nicely worded letter to the Senate and was like, start this trial. Uh, the first day they argued for four hours, correct? Yeah, they argued four hours about the constitutionality of the trial. And then the Senate voted on whether they would proceed with the trial. Trump's lawyer, uh, <clears throat> Trump's lawyer's defense was that uh, Donald Trump has freedom of speech, which we kind of talked about a little bit ago, and uh, that Trump is also a private citizen. The last argument was the uh, denial of due process. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about, how do you feel about his lawyer's defenses? Um, I just want to talk about his lawyers really quickly. Um, his lawyers are um, not too character judge but among his character what among his lawyers were lawyers who also defended the kkk so sketch we talked about how the freedom of speech thing it just it should not apply here especially if you're if you're the sitting president and you're inciting violence against the country then that's more than enough and uh it's pretty crazy that trump could have pretty much chosen chosen uh any lawyer he wanted to yeah and he still chose lawyers who have defended uh the kkk questionable i don't i don't know how many lawyers have defended the kkk but I feel like it's got to be a somewhat limited pool of lawyers to choose from. And, and I definitely wouldn't choose them to defend me in the Senate yeah. when talking about inciting violence. Exactly. And I'm not trying to, like, say that they were bad lawyers. But, like, a lot of the arguments I heard were very flimsy arguments that I feel like they knew were flimsy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely... I mean, they both, both sides argued pretty well, but I definitely think that they were more disorganized and kind of talking in circles. They were trying, it seems like they were trying to, like, make you forget what was even happening. Yeah, I think, um, we're gonna get into it a little bit later, but they essentially just talked about their three arguments in circles, literally in circles. They basically said that... This falls under free speech because it falls under free speech and you have to agree it falls yeah. under free speech because it falls under free speech. That's like a, it's called, I think it's called like a Chewbacca argument in uh, law. It's where the lawyer basically like forgets about trying to like win the case and just wants to confuse the jury so much that the case is essentially just thrown out. Thing they, uh, a part of their argument was that Trump is a private citizen. And here, I guess it means, I guess it depends on your interpretation of what a private citizen is. Um, I think that the house managers did a really good job of showing how he wasn't a private citizen. 
and how the articles of impeachment were sent out um, before he left office. Yeah. I believe that they were sent on the 11th or drawn up on the 11th and then sent to the Senate like two days later. They just didn't start the trial until February. He was... Even if he was a private citizen by the time that the articles of impeachment arrived at the Senate, he was still president when, like, the allegations... The insurrection happened, yeah. Yeah. Also, um, the House managers brought up an argument. They used Warren Hastings as an example. Uh, This was way back in 1760-something when, like, the framers were still alive. Uh, The framers impeached after two years... After he left office, so it set the precedence that it doesn't matter when they decide to impeach you, yeah. because you did you committed the crime during the impeachment, and I believe it was embezzlement. I feel like, or, or actually, sorry, um, the exact crime was colluding with the British. I feel like this this uh, impeachment trial was also a big one about setting precedents. Like I feel like they knew that Trump wouldn't get removed, but they wanted to, like, make sure that incoming presidents would know that just because your time in office is running out doesn't give you free reign to do whatever you'd like. I think that it actually did the opposite. And we'll get into it a little bit later, but I just want to go ahead and give you guys the house manager's argument for constitutionality. So essentially what they were arguing was that just because it happened in January and he was leaving office in two weeks doesn't mean that he can't be held accountable. So he's still impeached. He's still impeachable in January, even though he's leaving office on the 20th. Like he could have he could have caused an insurrection or could have did some other thing on the 15th of January, just five days before he left office, but he still has to be held accountable. There was also um, the claim that there was a direct call to action with that quote that I mentioned earlier, where President Trump said, and I quote, if you don't fight like hell, you won't have a country anymore. They use it a lot. And uh, we're going to get into it a little bit later. I'm sorry. We, I keep saying we're going to get into it a little bit later. <laughs> And then, but we're going to get into it a little bit later. Like, we're, we're going deep into this episode because I spent the past four days listening to the entire impeachment trial. And it was very entertaining, but I don't want you guys to have to go through that. So, we're going to run it down in depth. So, uh, the last two House managers' arguments were that, that it was valid and a legitimate impeachment. Because, like, the things I mentioned before, the articles of impeachment were sent out before he had left office. Yeah. And then, because Trump is president, his whole his words hold more weight. And it wasn't just about the words. It was about the context in which he said them and everything prior. Which, again, we'll get into a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> you want to move on to the days two and three? Yeah, I just want to go ahead and tell you guys that for... The matter of constitutionality, the Senate vote was 56-50-44, and the Senate did obviously proceed with the impeachment. Yeah. 
So the prosecution argued for two whole days. I believe the first day was seven hours and the second day was six hours. So that's a total of 13 hours. They argue the how Donald Trump incited violence and uh, inflamed the mob, how the attack was foreseeable and preventable, uh, how the president knew his conduct could and would incite violence, and how when it occurred, he did he did not fulfill his duty uh, as commander in chief to defend the nation's capital, and he and it threatened national security. And their final argument was that it was it was a big lie. It was all part of this big lie that was construed since even before the election. So let's get into the how the president cited violence and inflamed the mob. So like we mentioned before, there the house manager's biggest argument was that he incited violence with his words and the context in which he said them. So, and they they played a lot of videos of Trump and a lot of his tweets where he was um, applauding the violence. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, I think it happened in 2019 where he um, had a rally and someone was being like rowdy and then the crowd literally like beat the person and dragged them out and on stage, in front of everyone, Trump was, like, applauding him. He was like, that's the kind of people we need. I like them. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So this which, isn't, like, even the first case of Donald Trump, like, inciting violence. Not just inciting violence, but applauding it. Yeah. So it, sh- it sets a precedence for his acceptance of violence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially, like, like it, this also goes into the his words holding more weight. Like you can't be, you can't be president and applauding, like assault at your rallies, and because there are there are, there are like kids at rallies, and like teens like impressionable people and like if they see that, the president like. When you're young, the president's like. Like the figurehead, you're just like oh, so this guy runs the country, so he must be, like the pinnacle of what like goodness should be when you're young of course and if they see that they just start assuming that oh if the president says violence is okay then violence must be okay yeah and then the second one which stuck out to me was when in texas the biden harris campaign at what is a van truck Uh, oh it was a bus it was a bus (laughs) campaign bus (laughs) Their campaign bus where it was, like, boxed in and, like, almost ran off the road. Yeah. Someone uploaded a video of that, and it was just a video and, like, people talking. And then Trump edited the video, put that Red Kingdom theme song, whatever, in the background, and was like, I love Texas. So not only did he retweet the video, but he edited it and made it more partisan. And, like, speaking of Trump's tweets, like, I feel like another thing that speaks volumes is how he tweets when it's white people being violent opposed to people of color being violent. Because when he when he finally said something about the violence in the Capitol, I think he tweeted something along the lines of, 
uh, I'm proud of your like passion for your nation, but this isn't the way. Please go home. Yeah, something but like that. When Black Lives Matter protesters were uh, causing violence, he would say things such as these people are terrorists and should be uh, persecuted to the highest extent of the law. Yeah, he said, you're very special people. We love you, but go home, sir. Yeah. Also, the it's hypocrisy. Not, not even the first time he's done this. When uh, those uh, alt-right people were marching in, I think it was Charlottesville, and he called them, he he, he, he was like, uh, I know these are some very fine people here. Yeah, there's fine people on both sides. Um, someone died. Yeah. They literally ran over. I think she was like 19 years old. And they they were also chanting. It was like, I think it was like a Nazi chant. It was like blood before. I forgot. I can't remember, but it was racist. I'm going to do everything in order so that we're not really confused. I want you guys to get all the evidence um, before we go into commentary too much. So the second argument was how the attack was foreseeable and preventable. Um, They used this argument very short, I think, and bringing up this argument didn't really help them in terms of how the defense spinned it. Yeah. So by saying the event was foreseeable and preventable, essentially what they told the defense was that it was premeditated. So their argument that because of the rally that he held on January 6th caused the violence, they were like, well, you can say the events of January 6th caused the violence if it was premeditated. Yeah. So that argument didn't really help them, although they did really have, they had really good arguments um, on this because like they mentioned and like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't just based on that quote. It wasn't just based on what he said, but the number of things that happened before that, um, back in December, I think specifically it was December 19th, he put out a tweet and was like, we're not defighting, come down, we're gonna, I'm gonna plan something, a rally, and we're gonna fight, and blah, blah, blah. And there were some pro-Trump organizations that had already planned things, and so, like, rallies, so they halted their plans, which for, which were for later in the month of January, and then waited for Trump to give this, essentially save the date, and then turned their permit for the January 6th. So it was something that you could argue, and what they argued was that Trump essentially planned this with them and intended for something to go down. Um, I don't know if you, I think we talked about it in last week's episode, but on TikTok and Twitter, there were multiple conservative like TikTokers just talking about just wait till this day. Yeah, just wait till January 6th. Like it's gonna, yeah. And they were strapped up in the videos, which I don't know how they even allowed that on TikTok because my videos began taken down. Also, like a part of the like the foreseeable and stoppable thing. 
like I feel like to an extent that's kind of a good point because like what was that security on like on when they were uh, certifying the votes there there was like a few cops I actually have the answer to this um the oh, yeah, DC do. mayor uh told the uh president president trump to send back the national guard because it wasn't a good look and they didn't need them anymore and then immediately after this happened it was because of that so you know what else isn't a good look go ahead the capital of the country falling yeah 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 (laughs) yeah terrible terrible look for america and to our adversaries across the seas so uh the next argument was about how the president knew his conduct could and would incite violence. And we went over this um, a little bit earlier that he knows that anything he says, well, like I said, um, in his rallies, like he was applauding the violence that was going on. Yeah, one thing. So he knows that when he says something like, if you don't fight for your country, you won't have a country. These people, these patriots who are oftentimes vets, are going to strap up and fight for their country like they always have. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. Like his words carry weight, and um, the defense argues that other senators use similar language. But it's the context in which they say them. Yeah. You know, like, we're not... When they say we're going to fight whatever, etc., they're saying we're going to fight for health care. We're going to fight for your right to have better education. It's not... You need yeah. to fight for your country. And if you don't fight for your country, you're not going to have a country. That's one thing I don't like about the left too much is that they make Donald Trump seem stupid. And I think Donald Trump is ignorant He's racist, misogynistic. I think Donald Trump is a lot of things. And these are all our personal opinions and not at all meant to be seen as fact. Not trying to be biased here. (laughs) But I don't think he's stupid. Like, I've never heard Trump say anything and thought, oh, he's dumb. Like, I feel like he uses that. He uses the fact that that people think he's dumb to get away with saying certain things. Because he can say things like, you need to fight for your country or you're not gonna have a country to fight for and then be like uh but that's not how i meant it to be interpreted yeah they use i tend to use the argument of intent a lot when it comes to like cancel culture but yeah this can't be used in the same intent because i have okay so let's say like i can't walk into a movie theater and scream fire and then there's, like, a stampede of people who will get hurt. Some people, like, a cured brain damage. And then go back and say, oh, that wasn't my intent. I didn't intend for anyone to get hurt. I didn't know my words would carry that much weight. Exactly. You can't go back and say, I didn't intend for that to happen. There's a cause and effect. If you're going to say something like, there's a fire in a movie theater, and not expect everyone to run out to, you know, safety... You like it doesn't compute. It doesn't make any sense. So that argument was just so weak, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's one thing that sucks. He even though he's not president anymore, like we're still 
sitting here talking about him. Like the th- like the things he's he's done. Like they don't just stop because he's not in office anymore. Like they have ripples. Yeah, it's like Final Destination. We gotta close the ripple. <laughs> Do you think that the impeachment closed the ripple? No. I mean, I haven't heard anything about Trump in the last few weeks. I mean, yeah, but it's only been a few weeks. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 and plus, he's like banned from. Gotta give it. <laughs> every gotta give it some time. Media. Gotta give it some time. All right, I see it. Okay. The next bigger argument that the prosecution had was that when it occurred the president did not fulfill his job as commander-in-chief and i think they did a really good job of um proving this so the president who you would assume to have the job of protecting the capital and the senators and the house reps did neither of those things. In fact, the person who sent out the National Guard was the vice president, yeah. Nancy Pelosi, and another senator that I can't quite remember, but shout out to you. <laughs> um, there was no mention of the president sending any help. In his videos, he didn't send any help. He didn't send out prayers for the people in the Capitol. Yeah. He didn't send out prayers for the staff, like custodial staff, the uh, senator staffers, etc. And then um, as a result of the insurrection, an officer did lose his life and he waited three days to put on the flag and then didn't show up to his funeral. Yeah. Like these actions are representative of how you felt about what happened. Yeah. I feel like that's another thing. I, like, from what I saw of the Capitol invasion, like, it was downplayed so much. Like, the police officer who died, I have not seen a, one picture of him. I, when it was going down, I was just like, oh my God, like another yeah. thing. And then watching the trial, I was like, holy crap, this was so much more intense than yeah. I even imagined. And like, when you really, like, they make it seem like, oh, it was just, like, some old people and, like, just some people having fun, like, just walking around the Capitol building. Like, there were people with, like, weapons, guns. They were beating police officers to death. And- I genuinely did not think that it was as many people as it actually was that seeing picture, the security footage. That picture uh, where they're all standing in front of the Capitol building with Trump flags just like sprawled out. Yeah. Like all over the steps and like everything is on fire. Like that's insane. Because mm-hmm. they make it seem like maybe a hundred or so people stormed the Capitol. No, it was thousands. Yeah. Not people who got into the Capitol, but all the people attempted and they helped and aided and abetted all the people who actually did get in. And... um. People were hurt. There was 140 both Capitol Police and Metro Police officers who were injured. Some even, like, severely injured, lost fingers, lost eyes, brain damage. Again, seven officers lost yeah. their lives. I feel like they're making it seem like... Not seven officers, sorry. The Capitol, like, was like a field trip yeah. to these people. They were there to, like, cause harm, and, like, and that's what they did. If you ever have the chance um, to watch any of the footage, it is very scary. And if you're, I mean, I have never been through anything that was like remotely like that, but I have a general PTSD because when the Newtown happened, I was in school and they like 
sent the police and like yeah. they had to have our parents pick us up. So I have a general fear of that and I often have nightmares. Um, so it was just scary to watch, but if you want to witness it, it's just very scary and just I can imagine how the senators felt because um, if you watch the trial, they had little markers to show how close they were to the chambers. So they they weren't that far. And it's insane how, like, a lot of these people, like, made it to, like, back to the airports and stuff. Like, made it back home, like, before they started getting, like, like arrested and stuff. Like, they, like, they invaded the Capitol, caused, like... Injured police officers killed one, and then were allowed to just leave. Yeah, like I, I think it's feel. I feel like it's needless to say that had this been like a Black Lives Matter protest or like any other protest with people of color, like it would have gone so differently. I um, Ben Shapiro would argue that it would have gone the same because the national security was already sent home, but I I can see your point. I can I can I can agree that had this been something of value yeah. it would have gone completely <laughs> different because I'm sorry to say this here's my personal bias stepping in this was idiotic it was so stupid I can't even comprehend how I don't like to call them the Republican Party because I don't agree that Republicans equal Trump supporters. Um, but I, I just, I can't believe that that section of the Republican Party is so susceptible to this madness. Yeah. It's like, it's it's, it's even more insane because considering how dumb it was, it almost worked. Like, their whole plan was storm the Capitol get the votes and burn them and they got they got this close yeah they were really close and then um that leads us to our next big argument that that the prosecution had which was that as a result of regular people deciding to storm the capitol getting in destroying property um some even claimed to go in there to steal information to send to russia which is another crazy thing in itself that guy that just took speaker pelosi's podium yeah he just took it home <laughs> like it's, it's just weird and crazy but somehow really not um yeah. it's right it threatened everything that happened threatened national security because like i said if all the people could just decide to one day plan and storm the capitol and it worked yeah imagine how intelligent like divisive like has the means and opportunity to do something as harmful as 9-11 to our capitals to the white house like if it's as easy as that to get into the capital imagine the white house i know the white house is a little bit different because they have like secret service but it's essentially the same thing like i would i don't i don't know numbers but the capital only had two thousand police officers and they breached the capitol I don't know how many Secret Service agents there are in the White House, but I would argue it's pretty similar. Yeah, and that's one, like, it's not a good look 
for like America in general. Like America is like a militaristic powerhouse like to the rest of the world. And like not everybody likes the military, but like that's if there's one thing that America is known for, it's that. It's and, the biggest military in the world. And the fact that our capital was compromised that easily just by being rushed. Like what is what signal does that send to other countries? I feel like other countries would see that and be like, oh, it's that it's easy. It's that easy, yeah. <laughs> All I had to do was just get a bunch of people and run towards it. Yep, that's crazy. And I was going to say something and then it completely blanked. Hopefully it'll come back. Anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, and the, um, the all-encompassing argument was the big lie, which was the false narrative which i can say false because it has been proven to be false that the election was fraud that the election was stolen that there was um voter irregularities it was all part of this big lie that transpired into the events that happened on january 6th according to the prosecution trump has been like sowing these seeds like for a long time like Putting it in their head that that the election almost is like fraudulent. hypnosis. Almost. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Um, now you see me. Yeah. They like showed him visuals all throughout the day, and then asked him to like pick a football player, and then because they showed him the same two numbers all day, he picked the football player that they wanted him to pick, and yeah. then they like stole all his money. Um, that's essentially what the president did with the American people. He primed them for months months before the election that if he loses it's because they stole the election and it's like it's so crazy to see like how far these people have gone for donald trump like if you go on tiktok you can like you see people praying to donald trump like he's like a god like they'll literally sit there and be like please donald trump like keep us safe like do this like do that like they're on their knees like and stuff like and like they're they deify him basically. I don't know if you remember, but um, two, three, four semesters ago, when we took that um class with Hopper, presidential politics. Yeah. Um, I think she showed us a video or like she made us read an article where the person who predicts the elections predicted that Donald Trump would become president, but he would also um run the risk of being a dictator yeah really close to that that's essentially what could have happened if the insurrectionists were able to do what they wanted to do i got a question if 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 the insurrectionists got into the chambers and they were able to get the votes and presumably do harm to the members inside the chambers Mm -hmm. what do you think would happen like what state do you think the country would be in right now um I genuinely have, okay, so I don't know if this, no, (laughs) I'm like, I'm like trying to think because I know I watched Designated Survivor. It's a really good show. Um, So in the State of the Union, they have a Designated Survivor. So one person um, doesn't go so that if anything happens, then we have a president, someone to look to. They didn't have that. The person yeah. they had to look to was the president yeah, who caused this there. harm. 
So I I don't Want me to want me to say what I think would have happened? I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like if they if they did get in there and do what they wanted to do, I feel like Donald Trump would have used the invasion on the state capitol and the presumable deaths of members of the Senate as a reason to declare to martial law. He would have said that our country is under attack and I can't leave office right now. And if he did that, he would have essentially become a dictator. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I wonder I wonder was Biden there certifying? I don't think so. Was Kamala Harris? No, I don't think so. So I would I would hope. This is a hope. I know this probably wouldn't have happened because there was the silent majority is the loudest, essentially, yeah. in this case. So, although... Are you saying you, you hope, like, Biden would step in and be like, no, I'm still president? Like, No, because I'm thinking, like, there's still, like, governors. Yeah. And there's still the Electoral College who voted in the first place. So, I would assume that the media would push for the re... Casting of ballots yeah. for the electoral from the electoral college because I don't I believe I they like... weren't there, and then I my brain is just trying to find a happy medium, but it's not happening yeah. because even if that did happen, there still needs to be a Congress to certify the votes. Yeah, it's and crazy. there would have been no Congress, so they would have to do a exactly. special election. Exactly. And that would take so much time, and then Trump would have already it's basically, it's been a, addicted. Basically, a bunch of stuff would have to happen that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Like, it's crazy to say this, and, like, I feel almost crazy saying it, but, like, like I've I've learned a lot in college from... Yeah. And, like, it really looks like if they would have done what they did, like, we'd be heading... Like, we'd see... We'd start seeing, like, the first signs of, like, civil war, is what I feel like. Because, like, like say what... uh. Like, say Biden would say that, no, I'm still the legitimate president. Yeah. I won. Then that's, that's like, that's calls for, like, uh, other international players to get involved. It's like how the U- the U.S. has a president in Venezuela who they say, nope, this is your legitimate president. Yeah. And then there are other people in Venezuela like, no, no yeah. this is our legitimate. That's essentially yeah. what would have happened uh, in the United States. And we would just have to hope that whatever international player would on the left is is that's interesting i mean thinking back to the other governments that applauded or like congratulated president biden would have been like england france i genuinely can't think of any other ones like no offense to those countries, but they're not like exactly like militaristic. They're not powerhouses. powerhouses. But who would Trump have? Like probably, probably Russia. Russia, like right maybe China, North Korea. They all have pretty big militaries. Yeah. And. And I I know we're kind of getting off topic, but like it goes to show you how it's important. It's crazy. It it's to show you how how, how, how quickly close yeah we came how quickly it was to a, a completely changing. different reality, like the. Coronavirus literally drastically changed our realities. Yeah. Imagine, I don't even want to imagine how 
much our world would have changed if anything more severe happened yeah, that day. That's one thing about uh, modern times. I feel like people have become like desensitized to like the aspect of war, at least in America. Uh-huh. Like because like in America, war is always something like fought overseas. Yeah, it's never something like fought here and at home yeah yeah like so, I'm, I'm not sitting here thinking about a bomb falling yeah. 10 feet away from me you know but like it's crazy how quickly like that can all change and like you and people always think that oh like i'm never gonna live through that but i'm sure like there are people who thought they'd never live through two world wars yeah and then a vietnam war and then the the, the iraq yeah iraq war, war. and Which, not even mentioning mm, the korean war and the like, cold war so many like like, if you were born in, like, say, like, 1920, 1930, uh-huh. and you're still alive today, like, you've, you've basically been alive for, like, the most formative parts of, like, human history. My grandma was born in 1945, I believe. Good for her. Shout out to Melania's grandma. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> God damn. I was being genuine. Whatever, hater. Anyways, moving on. So, that was um, some of the main arguments at the prosecution argued on the second and third day on the fourth day was when the defense president trump's defense argued and they argued for a lot shorter time i think i want to say they argued for about four hours and like i said earlier they argued in circles they were like this falls under free speech because it falls under free speech because it is free speech and you have to say it is free speech. The The argument was fairly conducted, like done, but it was poorly presented. Yeah. How many, how many uh, Senate members do you think go into the impeachment and are genuinely going to listen to the evidence brought forth or do you think most of them just go in already decided like yeah i'm not removing him no matter what yeah um there was actually a democrat from maryland i want to say i'm not entirely sure um but he said that a lot of the republicans who were in the chambers had already made up their mind so they already knew that they weren't going to impeach him but there were so many compelling arguments, in my opinion, that granted a little more looking into. So that is what I'll say on that. Let's go ahead and go over some of the main arguments of the defense, which the first one, I can see what they were trying to do. But for me, it definitely missed the mark which argument are you talking about um they were trying to argue that the democrats are hypocrites and it was a double standard because like we said earlier the quote that they added into the articles of impeachment were the term fight and um america etc um so the defense played about 15 times a video of Basically, every member in the Senate saying the word fight in either an interview, a rally, etc. But it's about the context. Like, they they literally just pieced together, like, it was a 15-minute video of senators saying the word fight. Which had nothing to do with nothing. Exactly. Like, it 
it definitely, in my opinion, did not serve a purpose. I feel like if you're, first, it was just like, hey, if he can't say fight, y'all can't say exactly. fight. I feel like if your first offense is like, no, you, like, it, like it says a lot about like where things are going. They were basically just like, well. Uh, you guys talk about fighting for things all the time. How is it any different than him talking? Like, they talk about fighting for, like... They talk about, like, fighting healthcare. for ideals. Fighting for healthcare. Fighting yeah. for human decency. They talk about fighting for things that you can't reasonably cause violence to achieve. Yeah, and... um, Like I said, you're telling a group of... Mostly vets, I would argue, that if they don't fight like hell... They're going to lose their country. Not just that. that uh... Listen, listen, listen. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> but if that were to go down, like if the insurrectionists had done their job, guess who's strapping up and going, not yeah. to front lines, but I'd be a really good speech writer um, <laughs> for the Civil War. You know what's funny? Uh, I remember I got my... Uh concealed carry permit uh-huh. over the summer it was like right while all the black lives matter protests were happening right so many people like i mean like lines out the door and like there were like they're like the instructors were talking about like we've never seen as many people here before like it just goes to show you like how like how uncomfortable people are getting with like people are actually preparing for the worst yeah that's the election was i think one for the books i feel like in 30 years i'll probably be teaching a college history class about how this was the most divisive and decisive election in our history and if it would have gone a different way all the things that could have happened do you know what i mean yeah that was that was pretty much their biggest argument that they presented I think it was just like calling out Democrats and other senators. Um, but some of the other arguments include that he is protected under free speech, which we talked about earlier. And they go into a lot of um, scholars who agree and um, defend certain spicy language as free speech. Do you, you want to know a fun fact? God. Uh, the first time Adolf Hitler was arrested mm-hmm. when he went to prison in Rote Mein Kampf, he was arrested for uh, <coughs> fire fiery <laughs> speech giving. Yeah. So it's kind of along the same lines. I'm telling you, if if you gave President Trump a few years, he would have become a Hitler, and I don't that lightly because. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but he tweeted like two years into his uh, presidency a visual of a long line of lawn signs saying Trump 2020, Trump Trump 2024, Trump 2028. And it was just like on and on and on. I'm like, that's not how that works. You get two terms and you know what's you know what's crazy to think about that after all this like it might seem like donald trump is done and stuff there's nothing stopping him from running again yeah and this was this was the the 
Congresses and the government's only shot. And they fumbled the ball. So, uh, they had pretty good, pretty good quote-unquote arguments on free speech. And they quoted a lot of scholars about how fiery speech cannot, is protected under free free speech. Fiery speech is protected under free speech. And then... Their second argument, which they didn't take too much time arguing, and it's honestly because they argued that for two hours in the initial question, um, but it was a due process. And so basically what they were arguing was that uh, Speaker Pelosi did, like, rushed this impeachment, and so there was no due process. Like, there was no exchange of evidence, no investigation, there was no exchange of information. There was no witness list. There was no indictments. No, basically what you would expect from a trial. And it was because Nancy Pelosi rushed the investigation. But if she hadn't have done that, then they would be arguing that it's already too far gone you're just like they argued, exactly. which was that it was already too far gone. Like he'd already left the office. Like, what's the point? You're just creating more divide. And I feel like, but it, it had just happened. Exactly. I feel like those things are like more applicable for situations like for like a uh, Nixon and Watergate. Yeah. Like where it's where it was like secret stuff going off. Yeah. Where you on. needed to investigate yeah. and it, like this was like. Everything that happened was, uh, it was in a very public. public event. Yeah, it's not like, like it's not like. Not only was it a public event, like it happened in front of everyone in real time, but the planning, everything was all in public, in public forums, on Twitter, like exchanges exactly. with the people who planned, like the and the president, the like, president was exchanging communication on Twitter. With the people who planned this event. And also, a part of being a good leader of a country is acting fast when you need to act fast. So, like, I I think they did absolutely the right thing by expediting the impeachment trial. Right. Okay. So, moving along, the next argument. I want to get through this quickly because I have a lot of commentary. All right. Um, The next argument was that the impeachment was filled with hate. And then they included uh, another lengthy video of Democrats and other senators since 2017 saying that they needed to impeach the president, which granted, taking into the context of when they were saying it, there was a lot of things during his presidency that you could argue, anyone can say that they're like whatever he does is impeachable like condemning i mean condoning violence at one of his rallies i mean i would argue that like that would be impeachable like that's an incitement of that specific case i would argue is an incitement of violence like if you're clapping and like cheering on someone who is actively violent at one of your rallies is would you not say that's incitement of violence yeah that's another thing about impeachment it's not clear enough what is, is impeachable. impeachable and what's not because like the word impeachment gets brought up with almost every president people wanted to impeach obama and people wanted to in- impeach bush uh 
they did impeach Bill Clinton, and I wasn't alive when George H. Bush was president, but I can only assume that impeachment got up, brought up uh, during his presidency too. Like, and ne- there needs to be more clear, like what's like what are impeachable offenses? Like, is it like can compromising like morals? Like, is that impeachable, or is it only crimes that can affect like the country? Well, I would also say that Congress needs to chill on the impeachment as well. Like, you can't just say you want to impeach someone for every single thing. Like, we need to narrow what is impeachable, and then we need to figure out... I mean, Democrats is... Not Democrats. um, Congress in general just needs to chill on impeachment. I feel like they impeached Clinton and it was like free reign on impeachment. That's why it's important to set a precedence, I, I feel like. Because that's like another thing. Remember, uh, it's like how the Vietnam War, I think it was the first war that wasn't officially declared mm-hmm. by... Uh, Congress? Yeah. And then ever since then, no president has ever declared war yeah. formally. They just send the troops over. Yeah. I mean, technically, they don't need to... I'm trying to remember, because we talked about this in class. The president doesn't need to actually get permission. Yeah, he doesn't need permission to send troops. Yeah, he can just do it. He needs permission to To, declare war. But once your troops are over there fighting... Yeah, if Congress doesn't declare a war, then one of y'all looks dumb. Um... I was going to say, I keep forgetting what I was going to say. Justin, you keep interrupting me. It's so rude. I was going to say about the precedents. Like, in the opening statement for the first question about constitutionality, uh, the prosecutor said, if this isn't impeachable, what is? So if you can essentially prime an audience and then invite them to dc knowing they're going to be armed because that's your base you support the second amendment and there's nothing wrong with supporting the second amendment and like being armed but you know as a president that you primed these people to believe that an election was stolen you invited them to dc knowing they were more than likely going to be armed, and then said, we're going to go march to the Capitol, and then wipe your hands. Yeah. Anyone can then turn around and say, whatever the heck they want to, cause violence, and then say, I didn't intend that to happen. Sorry, my bad. That my speech is a little too fiery, yeah. that they couldn't understand me, that they misinterpreted me. It generally makes me wonder, like, what would a president actually have to do to get impeached and, and removed? Like, like, what did Trump, Trump's first impeachment? Wasn't that because, like, what was that? Because he collusion. Colluded, yeah, he colluded with Russia, right? Which was not proven. Yeah, but uh, the, <laughs> the charges were like brought forth in uh congress which i feel like is it's not proving it but it gives it some validity 
And, like, if you can be a president who's going to collude with not just a foreign power, but maybe, like, one of, like, your biggest competitors and quote-unquote enemies. Yeah. And then incite an insurrection on your own country. Like, what would you possibly have to do to, like, get impeached? Like, would you have to go here's, to a foreign country, raise an army, and bring yeah, it back? Yeah, here, here's my, con- my question to Republicans. What would deem an impeachable and removable act of a president or any um, elected official. I think that what this president did is impeachable. I would argue that not only did he prime his audience, but he invited them to D.C., And then directed them where to go. Even if you didn't expect or intend for them to riot and storm the Capitol, you sent armed, angry civilians to a Capitol in which was full with senators and House representatives who were certifying an election that they thought was Invalid. Yeah. How does one plus one equal two here? I agree. And last, lastly, lastly, there's a few more things to go through really quickly. Um, the Claybum incitement, um, according to other scholars, um, I believe they said this was from the, what is the highest court in a state? The Supreme Court. In a state. Yeah, the state Supreme Court. Okay. So this was um, the conditions in which incitement would be needed in the Supreme Court of Ohio, which includes the implicit use of violence. And their argument was that president called for peaceful protest, um, which he did. He did. Uh, but again, he sent armed angry mob to the Capitol. Um, Intent. I don't think that intent should be allotted to public officials because whatever they say holds so much weight. Also, like, it doesn't matter what you intended to happen. If your words cause something to happen, then either way, you're doing a bad job yeah and you should still be removed held accountable like yeah. even just held accountable like just admit that what you said was wrong he he didn't he didn't admit that what he said was wrong he said he did a great job handling what happened and the ma- matter of fact the the fact the <laughs> the, the fact of the matter the is that how you say it? the fact of the matter the matter of a fact matter it, it's either matter of fact or the fact or like whatever you want the fact is <laughs> um, that as a citizen of the United States who votes and pays taxes, I don't think that he did the job that he needed to do as president. That's another thing. Since he wasn't impeached, uh, he gets like secret service for the for rest, the of, his rest of his life. He gets he, like a, a million dollars per travel. Year. He gets to, doesn't he still get to ride on Air Force One or like some sort of like like jet like right 
I mean, he could I don't I don't know if he gets Dollinger a specific Trump. like government allotted jet jet, but I know that he I am pretty sure he gets a million dollars a year for travel expenses, which is that's your taxpayer crazy. money, people. And then lastly, for the claim of incitement, is the imminent use of violence, and from. Like, it needed to happen immediately after the speech. And, like I mentioned earlier, because of the claim of the prosecution, the, yeah, the prosecution, that it was pre, like, pre-planned, it goes against everything that you need to claim incitement. So, what do you think about that, Justin? What do you think about the Supreme Court of Ohio making these the standard for the claim of incitement and Trump passing every single one, essentially. Oh, my first thought is why it doesn't matter what the Supreme Court of Ohio thinks. But after that, like, it's stupid that, from what I understand with the the part about incitement, is that they're saying that the more premeditated it is the less it is like the less it's incitement right yeah that makes it makes no sense to me makes no sense in this case specifically because they they did argue and i think this is where the prosecution and nancy pelosi kind of dropped the ball is the way that they wrote the articles of impeachment because in the article of uh, the articles of impeachment they claim that it was because of the January 6th speech. But in reality, it was everything. Like, it was all the speeches and all the rallies and everything he said and everything he tweeted beforehand that got us to this place. Yeah. And then, lastly, what the defense argued, they they actually argued this really, really quickly, like one of their closing statements, was that he was misunderstood which I don't buy. I think he definitely yeah. got his message across. They definitely understood. They claimed multiple times in um pub in not public statements, but when they arrested like their statements, they said that they did this because of Trump. That they wouldn't have done this if Trump didn't invite them and send them to the Capitol. The exact words of people who invaded the Capitol. And that goes back to something earlier. Like, there's your witness statement link right there. Yeah. And then lastly, um, going back to that call to the Secretary of Georgia, um, the call apparently was not intended to be made public. So how could the president have banked, quote unquote, on that to be useful in the incitement? And I don't, like... <laughs> I don't want to say that every conversation with a public official is going to be recorded, but as a public official, you can probably assume it's going to be recorded. And if you say, especially with a president who has been proven to say things on the phone to other officials in other countries, uh, the first impeachment, like after that, you can definitely expect your own officials to, like, not trust you and just be fearful of things that you would say. Yeah, exactly. So that was the entire 
defense argument. They argued, like I said, for four hours. It was really, really short compared to the prosecutors. So that was the entire, most, mostly the entire uh, trial. I didn't watch the ending because we already know how that ended. Yeah. It ended with, as you guys probably know, because we said it a bunch of times throughout the podcast, uh, Donald Trump did not get removed from office. He ended up being acquitted with uh, 50 sen- with 57 senators voting guilty and 43 senators voting not guilty. And he wasn't removed because you need a 67 senator uh, majority or two-thirds majority to be removed. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you need like a super majority to yeah. impeach? And that would make sense, what do you, although... What do you think about supermajorities in politics in general? I think that they're essential so that the loudest in the group does not change history. Um, but in this case, I would have liked it to be just yeah. a majority. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's what's needed for history. I don't want to... I don't want to set a bad precedence and just bad politics. And I don't want this to then turn around in 10 years when there's a streak of Republicans. Not that Republicanism is bad. Um, to then, you know, just not... To be more free yeah. to do whatever they please because they're the majority. So I was going to ask you... Do you think that this ruling set a... I was talking to my dad earlier. I'm just going to go ahead and backtrack a little mm. bit. I was talking to my dad earlier, and I was telling him that either way, it would have set a bad precedence. Um, I'm going to give you my opinion on it after you give me yours, because I want to hear what you have to say. All right. So, I feel like this... Tri- I feel like... It's iffy, I feel like, because I feel like they did need to impeach him just to show that if it's your last days as president, you can't just start doing whatever you want. Yeah. But at the same time, that's all I feel like it was, is just a show Mm -hmm. and nothing really came of it. And essentially, I feel like it eventually, it made the process of impeachment weaker. Like it, it, it holds less weight. Yeah. Which was one of the opening arguments of the prosecution was that. If this isn't impeachable, what is? Like, you're taking away the power from Senate and the balance of power. So, in my opinion, I think either way it would have set a bad precedence. Because if, like, he didn't get impeached. I mean, he didn't get removed from office and stripped from his, from eligibility of running for office again. Um, So, that's a precedence that essentially you can do what he did. And you'll probably get away with it because this is the precedence. Yeah. And then on the other hand, if he did get, rem- he was already left office, but if he did get stripped away from his eligibility, then it would have set a precedence for the extent of free speech because although their argument on free speech was flimsy, it sets a precedence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in... Germany, and this is, I, I'm not too versed on this, 
Um, but in Germany, because of Hitler and what he did, they limited free speech, so you yeah. can't talk against the government. And then, so, essentially, I think, I want to say, I'm not entirely sure, but we're one of the only democratic governments that has absolute free speech, and if this would have gone through the other way, our free speech would have been limited, essentially. Yeah, but, like, the thing in Germany is, like, you can't, like, like, Nazi imagery is, like, prohibited. And, like, there are certain things you can't say. Like, you can't claim that the Holocaust wasn't real. Yeah. Or that the Holocaust, like, wasn't as bad as, it like, people say it was. Yeah, you, you but here even... in America, you can. Yeah. And so that, think, that's what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. And that's what I, that's, I think, like, like, I kind of agree with Germany on that. Like, I feel like in America, like, we're so ingrained. Like, from the time that we could, like, st- like we could comprehend human speech. Mm-hmm. Like, like, how often have you heard, like, it's a free country. Like, it's a free country. Like, we're so ingrained All the time. that freedom is the only thing that, like, that if we're not absolutely free, that we're not free at all. Yeah. And, like, it's, like... I mean, we're not super free. Exactly. We're not even absolutely free. It's We and, just have the absolute... It's just... It's crazy. Most like, freedom of speech. We can literally say whatever we want in this country, apparently. Apparently. That's <laughs> what this patron told me. Yeah. And... I have a more Republican view on this specifically just because I'm a little bit more like I watch a lot of what am I trying to say? Like I have Fox News. Not Fox. I don't even watch the news. <laughs> e spills the tea. Um, I have a more Republican view on this and I'll tell you why. And it's similar to my previous um, assertion of the supermajority, and it's that if the other side has a majority, then that's what the minority would have to be limited to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, right now, neo-Nazis in the U.S. can say whatever they want, and they're free to do whatever they... Not, they're not free to do whatever they want. But they can say whatever they want, essentially. Yeah. And they won't be prosecuted for it. But let's say 50 years from now, liberal li- liberal liberaliz- liberalism <laughs> is, like, the worst thing in the world. We won't have any availability to say and, like, do as we please and, like, preach and et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's my view on that. I feel like... You can contradict at any point, Justin. <laughs> I feel like... Like, even now, like, we don't have total free speech. So, I feel like... Like, there are, like, points that can be limited. And even if not for everyone, like, for certain offices... Uh-huh. Like, I feel like... Like... Like, you can make new rules. Like, that's the thing about... America, like, we're, we still have a we're constitution. S- we're stuck from, on the constitution like, from almost 17... 17... 1776. 1776. Yeah, like, it was written, like, almost... 1776. Almost fifty years ago. And, like, we're still using that. And, like, that's what we still govern our country by today. Like, times have changed and, like, things are... Evolved. Values are different. Yeah. But, to that point, values are going to change... In 60 years. 
Yeah. So. I think, in my personal opinion, I've always felt like this. I feel like the Constitution should be, like, a living organism. It should constantly be changing and being rewritten to fit the times that, like, that, that uh, like, for, that you're living in. Okay. Here's my republicanism stepping in. To what, to what end? That's up for the people to, of the future to decide. To what end? What do you mean to what end? To what end? So let's, let's say, for example, we change the law so that you can't, so that politicians can't just say whatever they want to. Like they can't say, oh my God. I'm going to do an extreme example. So do you know who Van Jones is? No. Van Jones is a conspiracy theorist and, you know, very outspoken right-wing person. Right-wing is a Republican theory. Yeah. Okay. Right-wing um, <laughs> figure. And he claims that the Newtown shooting here in Connecticut did not happen, that it was fabricated by the government to limit our Second Amendment right. Mm-hmm. The reason he said this was because um, years prior, like two or three years prior, the government had released that they did, in fact, fabricate stuff like this. So he had primed himself with that information, and then when he saw Newtown, he was just like, oh, that's probably fake. They're just trying to limit our Second Amendment right. So had... Had they set that precedence by saying that you can't claim that a domestic terrorist attack like Newtown yeah. wasn't real, then the government can essentially do as they please and then we can't speak out on that. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. I get what you're so saying. So like it's, at it's what point... Like, it's like you can't speak out about... So like to things. what end will you change the law? So if you tell Van Jones that he can't say that and then... Two years later, they start assassinating, like, liberal leaders. Yeah. And then no one can speak out against it. Or yeah, you'll be imprisoned. That's the thing, like... So, like, to what end is my yeah, question? Yeah, I know. That's the thing, like, it's not perfect. Like, nothing is ever going to be perfect. This actually reminds me of a quote from The Handmaid's Tales. When the commander said that, uh... Better never means better for everyone. Yeah. Like, it's it's going to be impossible to... Yeah, I know you can't please, please everyone. Yeah. But I think setting limits... Like, you're never going to please everyone. Yeah, but I feel like if you don't even try... Like, if it doesn't work out... So we're just going to trial and error the entire rest of history? That's what pretty much every other country has on Earth has done. Like, France has had, like... like Three, four constitutions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're I st- mean, I, I wasn't... In, no, I was like, I was, they, they've yeah. had like three or four okay. like constitutions. And like, we're still using our same one that was written when there were like, like what? Like 10 million people in America? Yeah. I can I understand what you're saying. But my my fear is just to what, at, at what end? Where does it stop? Like, are we just going to continue? Like, we we can't just... I don't know, because if you're... Uh, if you want my honest answer... Like, I just think that if you're gonna continue to... Like, 
you're going to set a precedent and then 10 years later you're going to be like, oh, that precedent doesn't work anymore. We're going to start a new one. And then like 10 years later we're going to be like, oh, wait, but this precedent oversees this precedent. Like, to what end is my concern? And I understand that we're a changing society, but I don't know. I think we're getting, as a society, we're getting worse. Um, So we're kind of backtracking. Yeah. And... The rules. My honest answer is that, like, it it only ends when the people decide that it ends. Like, when they decide, I'm sick of this. Like, I want to say what I want, and I'm going to say what I want. That's the only time, like, it's going to Well, I mean, we have that now, is what I'm trying to say. So, like, had they they convicted him, it would have limited free speech. Yeah, but, like, you still can't, like... Like, I'm, I'm using that as an example, but, like, even now, like, people... People don't uh, like paying taxes. Mm-hmm. Like, if everybody in America collectively decided, I'm just not going to pay my taxes anymore, like, what would the government do? Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if. Well, like, if, I mean, if, I. Okay, so. So I'm that, saying that, like, if they rewrite something and the people don't like it, that I feel like it should be the people's responsibility to speak up and change something. Well, then you would be that, fundamentally dismantling the entire government because we are a republic and not a direct democracy. Yes. <laughs> so you just want to dismantle the government. Yeah. My political standings are showing. <laughs> um That's interesting. I'm I'm still kind of processing but Essentially, what the Constitution was, it was an American experiment. I'm quoting Hamilton right now. Um, the American experiment set a precedence. And I guess that's what you're trying to say, is that we can just experiment and set those precedents and continue to experiment. Yeah. And then, like, you're just, like it's, like, it's, just, it's on the assumption that they won't work. Yeah. But, like, they can just as easily work. work. Yeah, I, yeah, I get it. But I don't know. I'm kind of not into that. <laughs> I got to see how it all works out. Like, maybe I'll write a book about it, and then we'll figure it out how my brain tries to. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so, is that it, Justin? Did we go through everything? Is there I anything else? I think we covered everything and a lot more. Too. So, let us know what you guys think. I think we have a feature on the podcast where you could send us voice memos. Yeah. So maybe we can listen to those next week if you guys have any thoughts. Be interesting. Um, let us know if you have any questions. Shall we tag ourselves? <laughs> let's um let's plug ourselves. You can find me anywhere at Melania X De Jesus, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-X-D-E-J-E-S-U-S. And you can find me on Instagram because that's pretty much the only thing I use at Javustin. <laughs> J-V-S-T-I-N-N-N. This was a long podcast, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some knowledge. If we're talking too much, tell us to shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, See you guys in the next one. I really enjoyed this. Justin, thank you for hopping on the podcast with me. I got to talk to you about something else, but I guess we're going to end this now. Thank you, all See you next week. We have no topic for next week unless y'all send us some questions. (laughs) All right. See you guys next week. Thank you.